Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So later this hour, we'll have some um, Fauci and Rand Paul are arguing again. This yes. seems to be uh, something they, they both Fight. really enjoy. Rand Paul says things. Fauci at some point today apparently says you have, with all due respect, you have no idea what you're talking about. So uh, we'll get to, we'll get to that later. Yeah, I'm trying to decide what to jump into. I don't know. I don't know. I'm tired. Just the the same old conflict. I mean, that's that conflict is important because there are enormous policy decisions that affect everybody at stake. But the whole partisan bickering thing, the AOC said this and whatever. I just, oh, God, Marjorie Taylor Greene said that. I just don't care. Hey, here's something. Here's something. We opened the show with it and never got back to it because we had billionaires launching themselves into space. Play uh, play 23. This is amazing that this story is like, only exists on Fox News and nowhere else in America. Just last month, VP Kamala Harris declared that there was, quote, extreme progress being made down here at the southern border. But I can tell you that's just not reflected by what's happening on the ground here. And it's not reflected by CBP's own numbers. Just last month, June apprehensions rose yet again to a staggering 189,000 apprehensions. That's a brand new 20-year high, another record high over May. And through June of this year, we are well over 900,000 apprehensions so far. We are potentially on track to hit 2 million by the end of 2021. Keep in mind, those are only the apprehensions we know about. Does not include the gotaways. No, those are the people you catch. Right. 2 million people they think they might hit for 2021. This is the worst. I use the word worst. Most of the media would never use a, a negative term. But this is the worst of the invasion of our nation in a generation. And it's as if it doesn't even exist. As a problem, unless you watch Fox. A bit of a tangent here, but I wonder if Facebook and Twitter are going to cancel Kamala Harris for saying we've made incredible progress. That is clearly misinformation. Uh, no doubt. That is, well, that's just... That's an outright lie. It's just the opposite of what is happening. Um, but I peruse the New York Times, Washington Post every single day. I don't remember the last time I saw a story about the border. It's a story that... It's weird. This siloing of information has has become surreal. Where you can have so, I'll bet if you live down in Texas, it's like, how is nobody talking about this? You flip on CNN, you open up the big newspapers, and say, no, how come nobody's talking about this? Yeah, well, we've gone from as we were discussing earlier in the heyday of good American journalism, people painstakingly tried to prevent present both sides and bring to you the most important stories in the country, et cetera. Then it moved to there was a, quite a bit of editorial leaking into the news coverage. It was unmistakable. Now we're to the point of as if they are the DNC, and the vast majority of the media is left. Uh, you know, Sean Hannity does the same thing, of course, but as if they are the DNC, they're not going to bring to your attention anything that hurts the brand. And by they, I mean the New York Times, the Washington Post, all the alphabet networks. Why would they? It's like my defense attorney bringing up, you know, on the other hand, he is a really violent guy. I mean, I've seen him explode in rages all the time, Your Honor. Anyway, back to the witness. I mean, you just don't you don't expect that from an advocate, from a litigator. And the media are now litigators. 
unfortunately, the vast majority of America, particularly center and left America, who just watch the legacy media, they don't realize that that evolution has taken place. They're clueless. That's something. Yeah, I'd say. I'd say. Uh, I tell you what, play us, uh, play us 22. Why not? This was one of the biggest single groups that I have ever seen here at the border. We witnessed a group of up to 400 illegal immigrants arriving at the border wall here in Del Rio today. They had hopes of being led into the United States, and ultimately, almost all of them were led in. Now, despite the administration's repeated claims that the border is closed, Border Patrol ultimately ended up opening the gates to allow hundreds of migrants through, including large groups of single adult men, some of whom told me they're from Ghana and Haiti. The migrants were packed onto buses and vans and taken to processing centers that are already well over capacity. Border Patrol sources tell us it's likely many of them with asylum claims will go to ICE and then just be released into the U.S. pending their active cases. Right. It was hilarious. If you saw that report, the video, as he was explaining, though the administration says the border is closed, et cetera, et cetera, you saw huge groups of people on the south side of the fence being led in by the dozens and then put on the buses and the rest of it. So closed in the same way that I guess a, a football stadium is closed. It's closed till they let me in. Then I go and I sit and I watch the game. Um, And uh, the Republicans are not, uh, they must think that there are not, um, there's not an audience for this topic because they're not talking about it as much as they certainly could be. I wonder if their corporate overlords are telling them not to. That, That's exactly uh, and, and honestly, what's happening. Since the government is now paying people to stay at home and smoke pot, the employers of America, and they're not demons, they're trying to run their businesses. The employers of America are desperate for somebody to work there. That's exactly what's happening. I, I said I don't see these stories in the Washington Post and New York Times. The three newspapers I read every night and every morning are the Post, the Times, and the Wall Street Journal. And I'm not seeing the stories in the Wall Street Journal either. Right. Right. Uh, a different sort of game, the Olympic Games, which one spokesman said today, it's not impossible that we cancel them. But assuming that they're going to go on, one of the gold medals we're expected to win is the NBA uh, All-Stars-ish team that we send to the Olympics to uh, to compete in men's basketball. Team USA is going to have problems at the Olympics. According to an article in the New York Post, it's far from the dream team and more like a skeleton crew of NBA stars. With Kevin Durant and Damian Lillard leading the way, USA Basketball is sending the most intriguing team to the World Summer Olympics in Tokyo that it has ever sent to an international competition. They're going to have problems. This is not going to be a cakewalk in this Olympics. Uh, this is various uh, sports writers who follow this sort of thing. Uh, they got upset twice in exhibition play. And uh, for the first time ever, losing two two games in a row. Well, that's be kind of fun. I might actually tune into the games if they're going to have to play hard to try to win these. Mm-hmm. Uh, Men's USA basketball is expected to be the top attraction there in Japan. Get the biggest uh, attention, the biggest ratings. They won't get the biggest crowds because no people are allowed to attend any of this with COVID going on. Well, I love my country passionately, and I always root for the U.S. in the Olympics. But I got to admit, if there's some plucky little land that's putting up college players and one guy who once sat at the end of a bench of an NBA team, oh, yeah. and some oh, yeah. guy who plays yeah. in Greece, and, and and they're tied with two minutes left, I'm not sure who I'm rooting for. Uh, Kevin Durant, the undisputed leader of the new team, but uh, not enough help. I think. Anyway, well, that will make it more exciting. Yeah.
Yeah, yeah. So you don't want to be a hedgehog in life, folks. Don't be a hedgehog. Uh, the difference between foxes and hedgehogs and what it means. What, and, wait, what was that saying? I remember I bought that saying to us a couple months back. I will bring it to you okay. in a couple of minutes. I will renew our fox slash hedgehog analysis. The fox knows many things, but the hedgehog Easy. knows one. Yeah, oh, the hedgehog was. knows to just hold back till after the commercials. <laughs> I remember I was going to memorize that and really apply it to my life, but apparently I did not. Because <laughs> you're a hedgehog. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So the reason I oppose CRT so much is because CRT teaches people, and at Hasbro they wanted to teach children, to judge people based on race, and that's not something that I feel that um, Dr. Martin Luther King would have supported. It's something that he wanted to end in this country. It's it's not the correct path forward that we should be taking. We should judge people by their character and by their actions, not by how they are born. It's a fellow by the name of David Johnson, who is a whistleblower, who, uh, who let out that Hasbro, among other American corporations, is teaching people in this loathsome uh, philosophy of, um, I don't know, colored superiority, white inferiority, something. Racism, it's, just flat-out racism. What's Hasbro? Yeah, they're, they're racists. What's Hasbro make? Toys. Whammo makes the Frisbee. Hasbro, oh, specifically. Hasbro's uh, responsible for... Uh, Easy Bake Oven back in okay, the day. I don't think go. my references are going to be very timely, as I am a grown man. <laughs> <clears throat> Actually, my children are grown, too, more or less. But uh, so, so a quick note. Uh, here's this California school district, uh, specifically Hayward Unified. It's going to spend $40 million on mandatory critical race theory classes for students. Teachers will be trained by consultants who make $1,500 an hour. Oh. $1,500 an hour. Oh, my God. It is such a scam. You know, and we've gotten a couple of emails from people saying, guys, critical race theory is actually valid. It's taught in law school. It shows how uh, it studies how historically racism becomes codified and that the effects it has. No, that's a perfectly reasonable uh, pursuit for legal scholars to look into. The problem is, my friends, that that term critical race theory has become applied to a, a philosophy, a cause, and a way to organize society. It's morphed into something completely different. You don't know what you're talking about. On the street, it's become something completely different. Oh, by the way, in the various teachers' unions say, we're not teaching critical race theory. We just want to teach honest history. Well, Hayward came out with a statement and said, yeah, the $40 million, blah, 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 the new ethnic studies curriculum will be informed by and include critical race theory. So there you have it. So I came across this piece in the Wall Street Journal uh, written by one Lance Morrow. Uh, the Hedgehogs of Critical Lance Race Theory. Lance Morrow, Lance Morrow. There's always Lance Morrow. The political philosopher Isaiah Berlin turned an obscure fragment by the ancient Greek poet Archilochus. The fox knows many things, but the hedgehog knows one thing. So I brought this to the program a couple of months ago, and we pondered over that for quite some time, trying to figure out what the hell that meant. (laughs) Yeah, and how I could shape my life having realized that. Well, he turned it into an intellectual's cocktail party game in a famous essay published as a book in 1953. Berlin suggested that the world is divided between hedgehogs and foxes, those who believe in one big thing, one all-sufficient super-explanation. 
and those who are content with a more modest and sometimes even incoherent idea of how history unfolds. Karl Marx was a supreme hedgehog, for instance. Everything for him was about the conflict of economic classes. Franklin D. Roosevelt, for instance, was a restlessly improvising fox. Then Morrow writes, the world's hedgehog population tends to expand in times of stress and change. Lately, it has exploded in the U.S. Hedgehogs are thick on the ground, all of them advancing one big thing or another, each peering through the lens of a particular obsession. I would argue there's been a fair amount of hedgehoggery around COVID-19. Your health officials, they act as if children's emotional and educational health don't exist. Our need for socializing doesn't exist. The only thing that exists is COVID-19. At any rate... He goes on to write, at the moment, the biggest one big thing is race, a key, it seems, to all of America, to the innermost meanings of the country and its history. It isn't really true. Race is one of many big things in America. It's hardly the most important. Americans need to desanctify the subject of race, to mute its claims, which have grown absolutist and, as it were, theological in their thoroughness and their dogmatism. Critical race theory is spread across the U.S. like... A virus coming to infect primary schools and high schools and universities, foundations, art museums, big corporations, the military, local, state, and federal government bureaucracies. It's everywhere in the West Wing. President Biden spent almost 40 years following the ways of an amiable political fox in the Senate, exchanging pleasantries and now and then doing legislative business with Confederate mossbacks like Strom Thurmond and James Easland. Mossbacks. Has, <clears throat> has in his old age signed on with the monomaniacs of the left. Monomaniacs, that's a good one. That is a really good one. The hedgehog's trajectory may begin on the side of an undeniable and important truth. This is to your uh, Mott and Bailey argument thing, Jack. It begins with an undeniable and important truth. The truth that slavery was a great wickedness in America, as it was elsewhere in the world and still is, and that race prejudice has been a chronic American dilemma and a moral blight that has damaged and scarred the lives of millions of black American citizens over generations. 100% true. Well, he writes, all true, a truth to be acknowledged and addressed, but hedgehogs who deal in absolutes are liable to get carried away. Their truth changes shape as it coalesces into a political movement and gets a taste of power and begins to impose itself programmatically. Its ambitions swell. It grows messianic. It embraces civic idiocies like defund the police, and beholds the astounding impunity in which it may run amok in the streets and burn police cars and shopping malls as it did last summer, and the ease with which it may take over city councils and mayor's offices and turn so many of the country's normal arrangements upside down. Okay, so now the hedgehog gets a whiff of power and because it's a monomaniac... We have reason to believe that he's a maniac. Anyway, uh, and then uh, so it, it goes into the McCarthy era, era of seeing communists under every bed. The single-minded ideology of critical race theory sees racism in every white face. A racism systemic, pervasive, inescapable, damning. All white people are racists. The doctrine devolves to the crudest form of white, what might be called racial Calvinism. Americans are predestined, saved or damned, depending on the color of their skin. This doctrine merely reverses the theory of white supremacy, which damned black people and consigned them to oppressive segregation because of their skin. And here's where he really brings it home. So critical race theory, protesting the old injustice, embraces its lie. This is not progress, but revenge. The motive is not justice, but payback. 
An understandable, if Balkan, impulse. Beware a hedgehog claiming the immunities of an innocent victim. Beware when victimhood is his one big thing. The victim wants revenge. And who is more justified in committing any crime or any injustice than a blameless victim acting in historic retaliation? Virtue, feeling vengeful and tasting power, grows manic, dogmatic, dangerous. Critical race theory ends by fostering the evil it professes to combat. Racism and the hatred that comes with it. Very good. That's good stuff, man. Yeah, knows a lot of pretty words. So Tom Brady just made a funny at the White House. We'll play that for you when we come back. The uh, Super what was Bowl, he doing there? Super Bowl champion Buccaneers are visiting as championship teams regularly do. Is he the secretary of winning? I'm sorry, as as uh, championship teams regularly do. If it's a Democrat in the White House, if it's a Republican in the White House, they take a strong stand against it and don't show up. It's because um, conservatives think liberals are misguided and liberals think conservatives are evil. Uh, and speaking of sports, I can uh, rest, uh, have you resting assured that the men's Olympic basketball team will win the gold medal. I just dug into that story a little bit further. Um, Anthony Fauci, who should disappear from the scene and never darken our doors again, but Anthony Fauci still in charge for some reason, got into another argument with Rand Paul. We'll bring you some of the highlights of that. Do we only have one bitter old virologist? Let's get another one. I'm tired of this one. Get a different one. I'm tired of this one. I got a question about the COVID just in general and HIPAA rules, because we got a, a COVID case we think around here. It's why Alex is not here today. He's quarantining for a, a period of time because he came in contact supposedly with somebody. Anyway, all that stuff on the way. It should be a pretty good segment. I hope you can stick around. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. It's uh, certainly an honor to be here. Uh, thank you very much for your hospitality. These guys are an amazing group of men. Um, it didn't look great there. At one point, we were 7-5, and five, struggling a little bit, um, as the President alluded to. Um, but we found our rhythm. We got on a roll. Not a lot of people uh, you know, think that we could have won. And um, In fact, I think about 40% of the people still don't think we won. I understand that. You understand that, Mr. President? I understand that. Yeah. You recognize the effeminate voice of Tom Brady there, making a funny there in what? front of the President of the United States. What was that? Oh, uh, so uh, putting that joke aside, which was a little edgy, all things considered, <laughs> how, how about that? That's an adult. He doesn't swing the President's way uh, politically, but he says, uh, thank you, Mr. President, for having us. It's an honor to be here. Thanks a million. He shows up. N- not without, like a yeah. freaking a- 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 over-emotional adolescent. He won't be there. I can't go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, anybody who follows sports at all knows that he is a Trump guy. But he just shows up because that's what you freaking do. Your team won. You get to go to the White House. It's fun for all the rest of the players. It's fun for the fans. The the the, the kids that cheer for you get to see you at the White House because they're not into politics. You, you know, do the as Joe said, the emotional adolescent BS. Of, I won't go not for this person. So weak. Yeah. Freaking go. Be a gentleman and or a lady. By the and way, if you want to write an editorial afterward or whatever, go ahead. One tiny sport, sports note, because I mentioned the NBA team might be in trouble. Uh, the, uh, the the Olympic team that's made up of NBA stars 
I don't think so. If you've been watching the finals at all, uh, Chris Middleton of the Bucks and Devin Booker, among others of the Suns, are going to join the team with Kevin Durant. So those, oh. those two are playing unbelievably well in the finals, and so I think our team will will do okay. Um, getting away from sports, back to COVID? Oh, well, Anthony Fauci and Rand Paul are arguing again, but before we get to a highlight of that, so apparently there's a COVID case around here somewhere, and uh, Alex may have been exposed, our co-worker here, who's usually in the studio with us, and um, he had to stay home. It's a policy and quarantining because he may have been exposed. I hate the HIPAA rules. I've been complaining about these for years. Uh, am I the only one that's... Maybe I'm an outlier. I'm not that concerned about my medical information or my medical history being exposed to people. Are the rest of you? Are you, like, deathly afraid of people knowing your health situation? I'm not, but I wish it was more of an opt-in rather than an opt-out. Yeah, it, it's... For instance, I don't what, know what problems it's supposed to be solving, and that's just a blind spot. It may be legit, but I just don't know. Well, I've heard people say that it goes back to the AIDS epidemic when people had a, a legit reason oh, to right. want to to hide the fact that they had AIDS because there was so much political, you know, the, there was still a belief that gay, being gay was a choice and just all that sort of stuff. So people really wanted that hidden. Okay, fine. But, like, when I had cancer, nobody around here knew it, except for those of you on the show because, I'm, you know, we're friends and I would told you in person. Nobody around here knew it. That's weird. Our, yeah, boss, it our, boss, our boss had a heart attack. He was just gone for a couple of months and came back. Finally, he told us. We had no idea. That that doesn't make for a more cohesive work environment, for one thing. And I would like to know who around here might have the uh, the COVID. And I don't know. And I would like to know. Management doesn't know if 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 this person and I had a close face to face conversation at some point in the lunchroom. I would like to know if that person had COVID. Right. Maybe they were just asking you for life advice. You know, you don't work together per se, but you right. had a chat. But they keep it a secret. I, I don't know. I just wish well, you could, so you uh, don't go to their house and uh, burn a cross and drag them out in the street and beat them. Well, and while I'm on this on this little uh, jag about this, um, like all our uh, therapist doctors want to do everything over telehealth. Well, well, for whatever reason, telehealth on my computer anyway is way clunkier and harder to get it to work and everything like that than regular Zoom or a phone call. No, it's got to be over telehealth because that's a secured encrypted. What if somebody found out that you're you've got high blood pressure? Just Quit with the secrecy around our health stuff. I just wish we could ease on out of that somehow. Yeah, I think it may be one of those cures worse than the disease situations. Oh, absolutely. Ironically. Or my wife calls to check on an appointment and she hasn't been signed off on one kid's this or that. Whatever. It's just dumb. Anywho, someone around here got the COVID and I guess some people know who it is, but they ain't sane because it's a federal crime of some sort. You know, it's crazy that it's at this late date that our crew is affected for the first time. Yeah, well, I think that speaks to the Delta variant, that it it flies around, man. It's super easy to transmit. Like um, Gottlieb said the other day, the regular masks won't work on this. you got a double mask or we're the N95s. So it's it's not like before where you come in contact with them, maybe you get it, maybe you don't. It sounds like with the Delta variant, if you're in a room with somebody who's got it, you are, you, you'll have it. Hmm. Period. Just the way it works. Thanks, so China. Maybe that's part of the conversation that's going on between Anthony Fauci uh, and the Randy Man. The Randy Man. And Rand Paul. They've had a lot of arguments. I have no idea what this is about. This just happened earlier today.
Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. So what was, let you me take, finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans, right. you're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. Um, well, you know. Well, that's just like your opinion, man. Uh, Rand Paul's a doctor also, by the way. An eye doctor, but. So he knows his way around, uh, you know reading complicated medical papers and stuff like that. You would think, he's yeah. Not, he's not yeah. just like some doofus. You want to hear more of this or not? We got Yeah, no, I absolutely do, yeah. Okay, Let's okay you get NIH. one person. Let's read from the NIH definition of gain of function. This is your definition that you guys wrote. It says that scientific research that increases the transmissibility among mammals is gain of function. They took animal viruses that only occur in animals, and they increased their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain of function? It is not. It's a dance, and you're dancing around this because you're trying to obscure responsibility for four million people dying around the world okay. from a pandemic. Ooh, we're gonna have to hear this next clip because uh, he's setting it up there. But did, did Rand Paul accidentally oh, I... say that? I, I think that he accidentally let slip that the government is developing manimals. <laughs> Chimeras, Jack, if you will. Man- half man, half beast. Worse than that, manimals that have COVID. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Uh, you know, you have a tendency to hear all these things through the lens of whose side you're on, and I'm more on Rand Paul's side. Sure. But yeah. I think Fauci is being very lawyerly. He's doing the whole definition of what is his thing about, uh, about, gain-of-function stuff. Yeah, it reminds me of another conversation we just had about critical race theory, where some people still think it's the theory taught in law schools for for high-level legal scholars to look at historical development of law, where the rest of us realize something by that name is now in all the elementary schools indoctrinating our kids. Well, I don't know what Dr. Fauci's definition of -of gain-of-function research is, but my understanding of it is the way Rand was describing it. Well, they're about to fight, so here we go. And let's let Dr. Fauci. I have to. Well, now you're getting into something. If the point that you are making is that the the, the grant that was funded as a subaward from EcoHealth to Wuhan created SARS-CoV-2, that's where you are getting. Let me finish. We don't know. Well, we don't wait know a minute. It didn't I come can, from the lab, but all you. the evidence is pointing that it came from the lab. You, and there will be responsibility for those who funded the lab, including yourself. I totally This committee resent, will allow the witness to respond. I totally resent the lie that you are now propagating, Senator, because if you look at the viruses that were used in the experiments that were given in the annual reports that were published in the literature, it is molecularly impossible. No one's saying those it, viruses it is, caused it. It no is molecularly. Those viruses caused the pandemic. What we're alleging is the gain of function research was going on in that lab and NIH funded it. That you is can't not. Get away from it. It meets your definition and you are obfuscating the truth. I, 
Well, not to mention the fact that uh, that Fauci's claims are based on the veracity of the reporting from the communist Chinese. That they fessed up to everything. And if you've followed, if you've read any of the enormously long pieces in The Atlantic, and uh, what was the other one that I read? New York Times, that really long, exhaustive one that I thought was so good. Right, but but they got into the fact that the Chinese bat lady researcher gal and others at that lab regularly left key facts out of their, their reports and the papers that they published. And you had to do all sorts of detective work to connect the dots because they knew what they shouldn't print. And so, yeah, I, 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 I will not satisfy myself with the communist Chinese scientists' reports. Oh, it so, was a different uh, the thing that they were doing gain-of-function research on. Not this one. Yeah, really? Okay. And I, too, don't remember which of the many long pieces uh, had this in it, but one of them, oh, it was the Wall Street Journal, um, when they had the couple scientists in the Wall Street Journal saying, it's interesting that Dr. Fauci got into the, molecularly, you're wrong, because those scientists said, where the virus ended up has never happened in nature. That has only ended up that way when men have manipulated viruses. Mm-hmm. So that particular particular genetic sequence, yeah, is only known as in lab creations. Yeah, that, um, that one particular little part of the protein, which is key to its uh, its uh, you know power to infect humans and I, and presumably mammals. Although I understand how Fauci would get his back up, he'd say, "I take great offense at what the fact that Rand Paul's saying you're responsible for four million deaths." Yeah, well, I can see why you'd want to push back on that, and millions more to come. Yeah, yeah. Look at India. Look at South Africa. Holy crap, is it dark there, man. You know, I um, we took the glass partition out of here. When when was that? Just last week? Mm -hmm. It'd been up all this time. And now uh, a guy who sits right across from me is quarantining. And with a Delta variant going around that's so easily spread, I think the glass partition maybe ought to go back up again. Of course... From, from what I read about the Delta variant, it wouldn't have made any difference. If he, Not if he a had damn it, bit. <laughs> if he had it, and we were alone in this room for four hours every single day, right. um, we we would all have it. It would be swirling around in the room. Sean and I used to joke. You remember back when Sean was the producer? Boy, oh, those were good those, times. Those were good times. Everything just fit together. Anyway, uh, yeah, we had this uh, glass partition between us, except the two of us looked to the side of it at each other because of where it had to be positioned. So it was, it, well, it was nothing. Where was I? Bank or someplace? We've all done this situation where they got the glass partition thing, but you can't hear the damn person with the masks and the partition, so you both lean around. Can you hear uh, what we need? There's a signature on Form 34B. I'm sorry, pardon me? There's a signature on Form 34B. <laughs> and you say, I can't understand what you're saying. <laughs> they say, pardon me? Pardon me? So you lean around the glass and you say, I can't understand what you're saying. <laughs> HFR-34B. Therefore, getting much closer than we would have been otherwise. So, right. So, <laughs> doing more harm than good. Humans, so stupid. Transmissibility <laughs> among mammals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, finally admitted it. That's, that's like the UFO thing. It's very similar. Finally, somebody slip on the tongue. It's a gaff. It's, it's a DC gaff. When they accidentally say the truth, they've, they've harnessed the power of mammals, and they've given them the COVID. And sent them rampaging across the country. Transmissibility among mammals. Yes! Oh, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. I might do a COVID test on the way home today, uh, even though I'm vaccinated. Uh, partially just, I want to see if it's still in place the way it was before the COVID testing. Because I'm, we're paying a lot of money for that. Oh yeah, there's Taxpayers one are. closer to where I live, and I've never seen a lonelier couple of human beings than the people manning that station. Nobody yeah. ever goes. Yeah. And I know at least the, the one I go to, they're getting $18 an hour, and there's maybe 30 people there standing around doing nothing every time Holy I was there. Holy cow. All People's day? Republic. Yeah, yeah. So I, I meant to bring you this story earlier. I apologize it's taking this long, but approximately two dozen U.S. intelligence officials in Vienna have reported symptoms of an illness that is consistent with Havana Syndrome. You know that, the set of neurological symptoms that officials and experts believe is the result of microwave radiation attacks. Um, blah, blah, blah. U.S. officials say the number of possible new cases in the Austrian capital, which has long been a nexus of U.S. and Russian espionage, is now greater than the number reported by officials in any city except for Havana itself, where the first cases were reported, according to the New Yorker. And again, we now know that this is what they think it is. It's a ray to try to lift information out of your laptop or your phone. And it also scrambles your brain. We are always looking at it in the past as it was a evil weapon to scramble people's brains. Now, it's a byproduct of trying to steal info from your laptop. And I would guess that they'd rather it didn't scramble your brain so that nobody would have ever figured out that you got this ray where they can lift info out of your laptop. Yeah, I remember when it first came to light, you and I were asking, well, why would they do this to diplomats not getting anything done in particular and alert the world that they had this capability? Why wouldn't they trust it or test it on their own dissidents or something? Well, that explains it, because that's not the point. How scary is that they've got some sort of ray that you could be walking through a hotel room, uh, you know, from outside the hotel, they can lift the info out of your phone or your laptop. The report said CIA Director William Burns was personally engaged in the situation that he privately called the incident attacks. Oh, la da da, intense headaches, loss of balance, numerous hearing issues. attacks, Smithers. Ah, uh, neurological damage lasted years in some cases, uh, or was permanent, and forced those who were attacked to uh, retire. Um, they think the GRU, the secret Russian military unit, is uh, the most prominent suspect in the investigation, but they do not have a smoking gun or a uh, whirring microwave or, or anything else. I wonder if this will end up being some sort of scramble your brain weapon, too. Kind of like Viagra was a blood pressure medicine. Hey, it turns out it gives you erections. Uh, they came up with this thing to lift information out of your laptop. Hey, it scrambles people's brains, too, from, you know, a mile away. Lovely. Thanks, Putin. Hey, kids, it's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. CIA officers described hearing loud noises similar to cicadas that followed them from room to room. They said that when they went outside, the sounds would immediately stop. Stop, and they describe feeling as if they were standing in a beam of energy. Huh. Hey, let's go to final thought from everybody on the crew. Michelangelo, pressing the buttons. Fire away. Yeah, listeners, check out hour two of today's show when Jack discusses 1970s TV brands. <laughs> and tomorrow, Joe will discuss popular VCRs from the 80s. There you go. Oh, I can't wait. The Panasonic. Now, that was a good unit. <laughs> Alex is quarantined. Jack, do you have a final thought you'd like to share? Yeah, it fits in with that and some other things we read about the possible mutations of this. 
I know a lot of you are sick of hearing about COVID. I'm sick of talking about COVID. I'm sick of hearing about it. I might be done with the COVID, but the COVID is not done with us. I agree with Hugh Hewitt in today's Washington Post. The COVID is not done with us. Let's let's beat it while we got it down. Let's get vaccinated and get this damn thing behind us. Yeah, I'm going to share my final thought uh, that uh, that great editorial I was reading, something I didn't get to. There is no greater barrier to understanding than the assumption that the standpoint which we happen to occupy is a universal one. Meaning, just because you see it that way doesn't mean everybody does or everybody should. The hedgehog's most profound character defects are moral vanity and self-righteousness. Yes, indeed. Sonic the Hedgehog is like that when he's going after the evil Jim Carrey in the movie. Moral vanity and self-righteousness, yes. Armstrong and Getty, wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who think so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com, pick yourself up an I'm Vax, no mask t-shirt, or the red, white, and blue ANG logo. Uh, email us if there's something we ought to be talking about. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Yeah, I don't know if I can still wear my I'm vaxxed, no mask shirt, because I'm not sure that applies everywhere anymore. Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. That is the climax of foolishness. You do not know what you are talking about. <laughs> Words. That's the awesome. I'm going to call my lawyer. Gun. Well, let me apologize in advance for any mean, ugly, accurate things I'm about to say. Let's go out with a bang. Taco Bell is warning of menu disruptions caused by a shortage of ingredients. How do you run out of feral cats? Humor. Humor attorneys for Taco Bell. Parody, not meant seriously. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.